let's see. Oh, yeah. here we go. We're live. Right on. All right. So we're technically on best hour of their day. We're using Eric's Zoom because Fern was monopolizing our Zoom. So thanks for sharing your, your Zoom chat with me. But let, let's welcome Eric Malzone. So you've gotten so much under your belt. I don't know enough about you to give you the proper introduction. I know enough about you, but not the specifics. Former box owner, but you're like me, kind of a renaissance man. So for those uneducated on who you are, what would be the elevator pitch? Yeah, yeah, okay. Oof. You know, this is uh, it's a really tough question for me to answer because I always use this uh, analogy like, well, we're up in Northwest Montana. And when I, first of all, Jason, thanks for coming, having me on, man. Uh, I love that you were about to say coming on your show. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, it's so funny. And I, you and I haven't connected in about a year and a year and a half, but I was, same thing. I'm always interested to see what you're up to. You're always moving and shaking and doing really cool stuff. So once again, thank you for, for having me on. Um, anyway, getting back to the story. So I live in Northwest Montana and we're about an hour South of the Canadian border. And whenever I cross the border, they always ask you like, well, are you here for business? I'm like, eh, I don't know. Kind of right. Bad answer. Number one. But then they say, well, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm a consultant. Is that the best thing to say? I have a podcast and I start listening, listening things that I do. But I think ultimately what, uh, I do is I'm, I am a big believer in the go-giver way of business. And people who have read that book uh, by Bob Berg, it's my favorite business book of all time. So really, I search out ways to um, understand and establish more value in the relationships that I have on a daily basis. And sometimes that ends up being um, business coaching and mentoring. Sometimes it, be, it turns out being consulting. Sometimes it turns out being uh, joint ventures. But that's essentially what I do is, you know, I'm, I'm very entrepreneurial. Um, I like to have a lot of things going on at one time and, uh, I just enjoy working with people and, and helping them grow. Yeah. I would say, you know, the, the right classification would be entrepreneur. Unfortunately, yeah, so. the Canadian border patrol doesn't take too kindly. I remember one of my first times going to Canada was for a coach Ripito. I was working with Rip one of his seminars and man, they held me up there for like an hour. And I'm like, I'm just trying to teach people how to squat. And they're like, why can't, why can't we do it? I'm like, well, the Canadians aren't as good as me. It's teaching right. people how to low bar back squat. So whose fault <laughs> is that? So, you know, something interesting you said though, is these connections and that's something I enjoy about this as well. But how do you find the balance of, I always like connecting and I always like sharing and I always like learning, but the balance between a, that B knowing what from that group is income or mm. work in other words. And then also knowing that, Hey, I can't do this 24 seven or else I'm neglecting other also important people in my life. Cause I can talk to someone like you all day. This isn't necessarily a moneymaker, but it's for me, very important. Yeah. But if I did this all day, eventually Roz is going to be like, are you cheating on me with Eric? So where's that, where's that balance for you? <laughs> That's, uh, I think, for, for people like you and I who truly do love the conversation, love connecting with people, and really put relationships first, it's a tough thing to do. And I think what the question is, is how do you monetize that, right? How do you get it, turn it into income? And uh, there's a little bit of faith involved with that, but I the, the challenge for me, man, is like I make a lot of connections within the fitness industry or entrepreneurship in general that 
have become very fruitful for everybody but me. And uh, that's cool. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm learning how to kind of wedge myself into the middle of things so I can still offer value in those relationships. But the thing about it is I get so f- much fulfillment from just doing that connection and talking to people and learning their story that sometimes that's enough for me. And uh, I don't have a really good answer, man. I think that, you know, like I talked about in the beginning of, um, you know, fully adopting what I call the go-giver way of like always, always looking to produce more value than I take in return, right? That's always the, the goal for, for things and the interactions I have on a daily, if not hourly basis. And that doesn't always work out financially for me. But I do believe that if you have faith and you stick to it for a long enough time, it does. And that's, that's a very powerful thing. It just takes a little bit of faith and understanding that, Hey, if you just focus on value and be that person that people want to talk to, people will want more of it. And it, it is working. You know, it took me a little while to figure out how to do that and when, and, you know, be more assertive with like, Hey, this is what I need. This is how I work. And this is how I'm incentivized to do the things that, um, you would value me doing that took a while. And now, um, I'm very much interested in doing things that, uh, are big home run projects, you know, not necessarily day-to-day income. So, um, you know, now I look for ways understanding my value of, of doing things like joint ventures. Like right now, you and I know the fitness industry is changing rapidly and, you know, who's going to come out on the other side. Um, and I've built enough relationships with 600 some odd podcast interviews, just like you have, Jason, that, you know, the ones that when I stop and think like, hey, you know, where, where is this going? Where, where is the puck going to now? Well, let me get back in touch with those people, find out what they're up to, see if they need any help and start that relationship that way. So that's, that's in a loose framework. That's the way I, I look at things and how I try to do it. And I don't have a good answer for how to balance it because every day is different. I'm, I, I, I wake up in the morning and I wonder, I wonder what opportunity is going to come by my way today. Right. And when you start looking at life that way or business that way, then it gets pretty exciting, you know, uh, but there's no guarantees of anything. And, but that's also entrepreneurship. So you've, like me, been involved in many things. And I think the challenge with entrepreneurs, and I think a good segue to talk about the current state is knowing when to end the business as well. Yeah. I think that's a struggle I know I've had. And I know you've been involved in businesses that have ended. And I also know, you know, the, the current state is there are a lot of boxes, you know, CrossFit affiliates that are facing uncertainty, still haven't opened, don't know when they're going to be able to open. In, in your experience, how have you been able to determine, hey, this is the right time to wash my hands of this. It's time to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another excellent question, man. You've just thrown me some curveballs here. The, I don't have a good answer for that, except that I have learned a lot along the way. And you know, we can talk about box owners in a second and, and what they're looking at right now. But um, I'm, I'm being very, I've gotten much better at really testing something before I go all in. Uh, one of my colleagues, Eric Carlson, who's very, very accomplished digital marketer, he has what calls a, he calls it the sweatpants test. So for example, um, I'm, right now I'm launching something called the podcast sales system, right? Because I've realized that my podcasts you know, over two and a half years, I've actually developed a sales system that not too many people know about 
Like it, it seemed once you know, once you hear it, you're like, Oh, it makes so much sense, but no one really thinks about it this way. And I've developed a whole system behind it. Now I'm working on it as a side project. I want to teach people how to do it. I have my first webinar tomorrow. I've got about 20 people signed up. I'm going to test it out. Right. Um, did I invest a lot of time in building out the course and doing all that yet? No, because what I would actually do, and this is what Carlson would do from a digital marketing standpoint, let's say you have a great product that you want to test out. Right. Um, I don't know whatever it is, you'd actually build out a landing page, throw some ads behind it, see if people buy it. Now there's no product on the other end to actually buy, but you just want to see if people will buy it. And if they do buy it, then you have a really good inclination of like, okay, this actually is a market for it. And you can go back to them and say, sorry, we're actually working on the product. It still needs a little bit more work or version two. Um, but I would love to talk to you. If you don't mind, I'll give you a gift certificate uh, for $25. If you just get on a phone call and tell me, you know, what, what you'd like from this product. So you can actually do the sales and, and the research up front for what I think most people do is like, I have a great idea. I'm gonna build out this, you know, 10 week workshop or this, you know, digital product, or I'm gonna build a gym, uh, whatever it may be. And they rush to the actual product and the delivery and the fulfillment before actually testing the market. So as I've gotten more savvy through failure, uh, that's what I look at now is I, I do, you know, minimal viable testing. Uh, to, to see if, if the market, because we all love our own cooking, right, Jason? Like we all think we have the best ideas ever. Of uh, course. So you have to see if the market actually agrees. No, that's a novel idea. I think for so many people, they don't think to, it's almost like you're working backwards. Like I've got to create this big thing and then sell it where, Hey, why don't you find out if anybody even wants it first? I, I've heard Tim Ferriss kind of talk about that where, you know, will your friends actually buy it? Yeah. You know, your, your friends say they'll buy it, but will they actually buy it? And then, you know, and, and for a lot of what I've put out there over the years, and you may be the same, it's virtual. So I always tell, you know, people, hey, you only really have to be like one day ahead of your clients. You know, you could be putting out programming. You just need to be one day ahead. That's it. So, yeah. you, you know, you've, you've, you've put out all of these different businesses. You've, you've seen the change in the fitness industry because you've owned operated, sold a, a CrossFit affiliate. I've had many people on recently, including OPT, including, you know, box owners like Jason Kalipa talking about what is going to happen. What, mm. what is your, and, and for the record, it does feel like the coronavirus is gone. All of a sudden it feels like no one's talking about it because yeah. everyone's obviously talking about, you know, the injustice and everything going on out there, which is huge, but there still is that, Hey, boxes or you know, business aren't aren't opening yet. Where where do you think the world of fitness is going to go right now? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting about the news cycles and how they seem to, you know, really uh, dictate everything, right? In business and life. I mean, whatever happened to the killer hornets? Did we just skip over the killer hornets like that? Yeah, was I mean, like a three day news cycle, and they just left. They got um, buried. Yeah, buried, they got, they got on, buried. The, on the hornets. But yeah, you're right. People are probably getting stung by these things, but no one's talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come back when people don't have something to talk about. But I, so I, I don't have, you know, I no longer have a dog in the fight when it comes to CrossFit boxes or gym ownership, right? Like you said, I sold my gyms um, a few years back. Uh, I still do some consulting. A lot of my, very few of my clients are actually gym owners now. So that being said, I feel like I can be very honest and I know my, one of my colleagues had discussions with Glassman and you know, the estimate was that 30 to 40% of gyms will close and they won't reopen ever again. And that number 
makes me deeply sad because I know how much work and how much passion go into these gyms. So where's it going? Well, I can only imagine a certain, a couple things is that it's not going to come back fast, right? In most cases, you know, I was in my, the gym here in Montana open again, it's more of a big health club. And I went in and, you know, um, out of normal, a normal day for them pre COVID was over a thousand people coming in per day. The best day they had in the first week was 250. And every time I was in there, I couldn't count in this huge, giant space, like tens of, you know, 20,000, 30,000 square feet, right? I could count less than 10 people I saw there at one time. So people aren't rushing back yet. So there, it's going to take a little while. Um, obviously, there's going to be a strong demand for hybrid models, right? Where, you know, people can, you know, be part of their community. They can do it from home. They can do it from inside the class, they can still have access to the people in the community and the instructors and coaches that they love. There's a lot of people racing to get that technology, um, you know, not necessarily first to market, but get the strongest foothold on how that's going to happen, right? So a lot of it's going to be tech driven. And uh, I think there's always going to be a strong need for anything that's greatly relationship-based, higher service offerings. I mean, let's, let's, F45 was a big client of mine last year too. I did a lot of consulting for them in a model where it's like, Hey, let's get as many people packed into a room, get them super sweaty and share equipment. Like what's going to happen? Is that model viable anymore? No, but what is viable? Small group training probably. So as if in a group, if you used to be able to pick, you know, put 20 people in a classroom, but now during due to spacing issues, you can only put 10. Doesn't it, seem to, we have to look at the basic demand or basic laws of supply and demand. So there's, there's not as much supply. So is the, the big question is demand going to rise? We don't know yet. And we just don't know. So that's the thing. I mean, you could play it as if you have the demand, like if you're creating the demand, then you can charge more for, for your services, right? Because you can only have 10. So now you can charge 350 versus 200 theoretically. Right. So then how do you develop a $350 a month service that people love and they want to invest in? That's the question. So, man, I, I wish I had good answers. I'm not someone here who's, you know, saying that um, I know exactly what this is going to look like. I have a lot of theories about what it will look like. Uh, I think um, any way that you can invest in a better streaming experience, uh, live, you know, digital live experience that, you'll be better off. But right now people are seeing, well, okay, great. I've been running zoom classes, but you know, my clients are going to stick around forever with these zoom classes because they're starting to get stale. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've been a part of this, but I've been on so many zoom calls over the last three months and I'm like, uh, I don't want to get on any more zoom calls. I just want to work out by myself. <laughs> so it, it's tough. I, you know, we've talked in Dr. Sean Pastuch was a good person to talk about this mm -hmm. as well, where it's just, Man, you know, people are trying to make these hard pivots, which might not necessarily be the best way to go, but you're right. There needs to be some sort of hybrid. Do you, do you think the world is going to go back to the gym though? Like, I know you're saying you're not sure, but on one hand, I think it's inevitable. But on the other hand, I think there are people that are just going to be afraid to go back there. I mean, we're seeing the world slowly open back up. I mean, I was at a, the gym here where we're renting there's probably eight people in it, which and even I was like, okay, I need to work out, but this is a little sketchy. Yeah. And this is like, we're staying away. We're not sweating like CrossFit. We're not sweating like martial arts. 
do you, do you think this has forever changed the the fitness space? Yes, yes, it has. In my mind, undoubtedly. And I'll say something that's probably uncomfortable, and I know uh, it's not popular because I've heard from people when I say it. But I I think it's it's never going to be the same. And that if you're not a professional coach, right? If you're someone who's just simply a trainer, um, kind of person who counts reps and holds your latte, and you know that that's gone forever. Right. That being said, if you are a like Sean Pastuch, he's a, a good friend and colleague and client of ours to a level five mentors that, Hey, if, if you're a great coach, right. If you're really a professional coach or, you know, the people at OPEX, right. Like people who really value the art of coaching. I th- you're going to be, you're going to do well because if you're a great coach, you can help your clients achieve their goals no matter what tools you have at your disposal. Yeah, maybe you can't meet with them in person, but that's okay. You can do the program and get on Zoom calls. You can figure out ways because you're, you're a master motivator. You understand the big picture. You know them as a person. You understand their lifestyle habits. You understand their values. Like That's what makes a truly great coach. So if you're a great coach, you'll always have, there'll always be a need for what you do because people are going to need accountability. They're going to need expertise. Um, if you're just someone who's kind of wavering on the fringes of, you know, doing some personal training and, you know, you just got into it because it was a hobby turned into, you know, a business, then I don't know what to tell you. Maybe, maybe you'll be okay. No, I think, I think that's right. And I think this is really just expediting, you know, rapidly speeding up the professionalization of coaching, like Sean would say. And then for so many people, yeah, they're going to realize, wow, I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't a good enough coach. So now, you know, your members aren't willing to come in and and certainly not willing to pay $300. I think a lot of people probably realize at most CrossFits even, you know, I'm paying $150 a month, but I did this in my house for for free or for the cost of equipment. What's what's the point? So really, yeah, everyone needs to step it up at this point. You, yeah. you mentioned Level 5 Mentors. That's your current company or one of your current companies, I should say. What, what does that do? What, what, who are you helping and, and what are you helping them with? Yeah. So level five mentors, uh, I work with Ken and Druko now and, uh, Ken is, I met him through working with you originally. He's a, he's come up a few times actually recently and I meant to reach back out to him. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's great. I'm sure he would love to come on the show. Uh, so I've randomly met Ken through our travels and mutual acquaintances and, uh, we just, our values aligned and, um, you know, he mentioned to me at some point that he wanted to build a $20 million mentoring company and, uh, he's got the history. Like he's not, you know, (laughs) there's, there's, there's a lot to back up that he can actually achieve this thing. And when I got to know him a little bit more, I'm like, you know that I started mentoring some people and like, ah, that sounds like a lot of fun, man. I would like to do that with you. And that was really it. We decided, Hey, well, we're going to commit to this. You know, it's, it's a 10 year thing. And, um, you know, we're going to build it right. We're going to build it brick by brick and we're going to do it the right way. And we're going to start with each client and make sure that we're over delivering for each client. And, and someone like Sean Pastuch has seen dramatic results, right? Um, so that's what we're up to. We really, uh, we mentor entrepreneurs uh, in not just fitness and health, but all different areas. We have, you know, people from all over the globe that we work with in various different industries. But I think ultimately at some point, every entrepreneur gets stuck, Right. 
spinning your wheels, not really sure how to change your business or what needs to happen next. And you need someone with an outside perspective to, to help you get unstuck. And that's, that's really what we do in the simplest form. Well, when I worked with you and Doug in the past, yeah. I never would have thought I needed that, you know, and, I, and I've talked to, you know, not to keep bringing it, I don't want to, you know, promote Sean's ego. So I don't want to talk too much about yeah. it. He is our, he is our I think most. He's good. He's good. His ego is, it's capped out. We don't have He's to our most that. prominent guest on the show. So, you know, he already knows we're big fans of him. But he was someone who really, you know, also told me, hey, you need a coach. And I know he's worked with quite a few people. I didn't actually mm -hmm. realize he was probably one of the people that mentioned Ken now, actually, in retrospect, um, that I think about it. But yeah, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a coach, especially in the fitness world, it's like, that's what we do. Mm. You know, but then we don't think to ourselves, just because we don't need a coach in fitness, like, yeah, I got nutrition and, and training, check, check, but I still need someone to tell me what to do at 6am when I wake up, you know, I still need someone to push me to do those. And that was, sometimes it's even just the brainstorming. Yeah. You know, like I remember specifically one time it was before Roz and I were going to Hawaii and I was saying how we're going and it was you and it was Doug and this woman, Kate, who's who I'm a big fan of. Mm -hmm. And you guys were like, well, document your trip and call it a, Oh, I forget even the name of that. We, we called it. But anyway, it was like, I wouldn't even have thought to, to do that, you know, had, had I not just brainstormed with you. And that, that happened time after time. So whether it's, you know, working with you and uh, Ken, or whether it's, you know, finding another coach, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. One thing I've noticed about your posts are you, you use a lot of um, stoic quotes. Hmm. Tell me about the connection between stoicism and, and what you're doing. Cause I'm a, I mean, look right here, I've got daily stoic in the journal you know, right by my computer. So I'm a yeah. huge fan. It's something I've, I read the daily stoic last year, I'm reading it again this year, but this year uh, in conjunction with doing the journal every day, huge life changer. So yeah. every time I see your put, I know recently I have one with Marcus Aurelius. So what are, what's the connection for you and what's the value there? There's so much. Yeah. And I think I'm on my fourth go around of the daily stoic. Now I, I just constantly just read it every day. Uh, I got the, I've got the app, the books, yeah, the podcast, cool. I mean, Ryan, Ryan holiday knows how to, you know, get someone invested. His new book's great too. Uh, I don't Stillness, know. If you're this, Stillness is key. Yeah. Yeah. Really that was, good. that was actually my favorite that he, I like that better than the obstacle is the way. Yeah, I think they're all great. I mean, his, his principles are the same. It's just different stories that he uses to implement it. So stoicism, man, I'm, so I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a religious person. Um, so, you know, I need some sort of guiding structure. And for me, stoicism rang true to me so many years back that I just, I, I live it and breathe it. I'm, like most entrepreneurs, I have a certain level of anxiety and stress and uncertainty in my life, right? And when you start really hammering home and, and adopting the philosophy of stoicism, understand there's certain things you control, but the one thing you can only, that you can truly control is the person that you are and how you deal with the things that happen externally. And like, what a more powerful concept to live by than that, right? Like, hey, the goal is to be a good person. That's the goal. That's right? I mean, you, when you read the book, in the last few days, especially, it's all about like, Hey, that's your job. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right now, especially in this month, I had a great quote from the astronaut that I, I think it was yesterday's. I don't know if you remember. Oh uh, yeah. I post, I actually posted that this morning on my Instagram. Yeah. I did that yesterday like, too. I want to grab the politician. By the scruff of the yeah, neck. It, and just, yeah. <laughs> look at that, you son of a bitch. Yeah. It was, it's a great quote and I, it just, stoicism is giving me that, that anchor. Um, and what you know entrepreneurship can be a very tumultuous thing and and if you are an entrepreneur or self-employed or whatever you want to call it uh you know you also find that maybe people you talk to find you and what you do unrelatable one of my favorite things is getting a whole room of entrepreneurs together because everyone actually relates to each other like i don't know i mean you're uh you know Roz is is entrepreneurial as well but my wife is not, you know, and sometimes I try to bring up things at the end of the day and she just, just goes right over her head. She's like, I'm trying to understand. I just, honey, I just don't, I don't get what you do. Right. And that's, that's tough. It makes you feel very lonely. Um, so you have to have a very, very strong mindset. You have to have a suit of armor that you can put on every day, um, mentally, right. And emotionally when you go to battle as an entrepreneur, and I know that sounds, uh, glorify but it's for me that's the way it is you know like you jason i take an ice cold shower every morning man then i read my daily stoic uh you know do my thing in the morning and then prepare myself for for what what the day will bring and it's just it's been very grounding for me all right we have a new pup and it's running oh, around right on i'm a little i'm a little concerned that it's destroying <laughs> the house at the moment because Roz is on the peloton there he is um oh so anyway, let me hold him while we talk. Yeah. You might, might catch some snoring in the background. That's so yeah, the morning shower is something I started during this quarantine. I, my, you know, speaking of stoicism, I've owned three affiliates and I talked about it a little on the podcast, but my second affiliate was with my best friend. We mm. split apart, stopped talking for five or six years and during this quarantine, it wasn't because of the, you know, who knows, like, I think the quarantine opened a lot of our eyes to like, hey, the world is bigger, it's, there's other more important things out there. And we've been talking and we both, you know, our, our habits that we've gotten involved in, and he's very much like you and I, and he, I, I'd been studying Wim Hof a little bit. Hmm. And I did Tony Robbins seminar, we went to um, about a year ago, and Wim Hof wasn't there, but he played you know, the, the video of them. And I was like, I want to do this. I never got into it, but doing, doing this with my friend Caleb again, you know, the breathing and the cold showers, it's really been a game changer. What, what's your, what goes through your mind in the morning for me? So I wake up and I'm tired. Hmm. And I think because you're tired, you know, I'm not necessarily like, I'm not tired. Like I've gotten a good night's sleep, but I think when you're tired, your guard's down. And the idea of going in a cold shower is like, I don't want to get, I don't want to fight right now. Like, that's what it feels like. I'm too tired. Like, let me start my day much more casually, easier than, and for me, that's what it is. It's like, no, man up, you know, you need to go into this fight. Like you need to go into battle. That's what today is. Yeah. And, and that's why I like it. It's like a, a win. I start off hot. And I bring my iPad in just because I'm OCD. Start a stopwatch. Because <laughs> on the Wim Hof app, there was like a challenge to get started. So you had to hit these time things. But now I do a minute or more every day. But I go like, say two minutes of a hot shower. And then I look at the stopwatch, you know, wipe the fog off the glass, flip it to cold. And now, honestly, 
it's easy. A minute of, it's like refreshing. You know, at first I think you kind of like, well, it's touching my shoulder. I'm taking a cold shower. No, like I'm under it now. What, what does it mean for you? Yeah, it's, it's my, my journey into it's been really interesting, man. So uh, I met a guy here, um, I was considering getting some new ink. Uh, he's a great tattoo artist. And we started to kind of talk and chat and get to know each other a little bit. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I have something I think you may find in- interesting. And I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. But he's a guy who, uh, Jake Burleson, um, by the way, uh, Burleson Tattoo here in Whitefish, Montana, very famous artist. And, you know, he's had a rough upbringing, rough go, but he's completely transformed himself. And he's like, you know, ten, tens of thousands of hours of meditation didn't do the trick, but this did. And he introduced me to Wim Hof breathing. Um, he introduced me to cold water exposure. And he also introduced me to, um, you know, part of the breathing that, that he taught me is like in the breath hold cycles, you actually listen to a recording of yourself talking about your achievements later in life as if they've already happened. I know it like sounds that. a little weird, but it's pretty cool. And so I really got into it and I, I don't listen to the recordings as much anymore because I feel like I get that part, but I do do a cold shower every day. And for me, um, you know, I, I actually wake up every morning tired and anxious. I, it's just my default. I don't know why that is. It wasn't always like that, but at some point in my life, I just woke up anxious. And, uh, when I start my day, same thing with you is I'm like, you know, God, it would be maybe easy to just kind of easy and grab a cup of coffee and read a book. But I'm like, no, can't do that. Uh, I got to go for it. So I, I've been doing this for so long. I, I jump right into the cold shower. I do a cycle of Wim Hof. I jump right into the cold shower. I do about six to eight minutes of as cold as I can get it. Um, six to eight minutes? Yeah, very long. And no and then, warm beforehand? No, no, I'm, I'm just in now. So this, this didn't like happen weak. overnight. You're making me feel weak, Eric. Well, I, this didn't happen overnight, man. You're just getting started. Like you, you will get that way. And now I also do things. I do, you know, go in the lake out here in Whitefish or I jump in the North Fork River. Um, and to me, it's just, it's great. Like I, I have very high cold water tolerance now. It's awesome. But it does get me, it's that win, right? It's that, it's same thing, man. It's like, okay, I just conquered something. I overrode my, my, my inner desires to stay comfortable and it, it works great for me. And then afterwards, I, I feel lively. I'm good. I can get go in my coffee and do the rest of my day. But I knew I got one in the bag right away. It's kind of yeah. like the, um, I think it was an admiral. I forget his name that wrote that book of Make Your Bed. Yep. You know, yeah. and, and I think it's, it's even, I, I do that as well. For some mm-hmm. reason, Roz leaves that, you know, responsibility to me every day. <laughs> typically because I'm in bed later than her. But you know, the, the, the cold shower is that win and it makes me feel just like I'm starting my day productively. And it, it, and the other thing it does is it really wakes me up. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to expand my time. Six to eight minutes is good. So you do a round of breathing mm-hmm. prior to just one round. 30, 30 breaths. And then I go in and then, um, occasionally. You hold your breath in. No, no, I, I just do that. I, I can feel the heat now. Like once you start doing feel that tingling, it's real. Yeah, it's real. And sometimes at the end I'll do a round again and then I'll do a breath hold. It just depends on, on where I'm at, what time in my day. Uh, but the other thing too, is if people are like me who anxious, maybe, uh, you know, full disclosure, go through cycles of depression every once in a while, this is a very natural, positive tool that greatly affects you in a positive way. Um, I think it's a positive a lot there, but it's, it's really, 
it's powerful and there's a lot of science behind it coming out now, you know, not only between, you know, mental health and fat loss and blood pressure and all these things that, um, there are the benefits of cold water exposure on a daily basis. It's, it's really cool and it's free, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. You just need some. Yeah, cold water. I was telling you earlier, we're going to, we're buying a house out in Arvada and awesome. one of the first things I want to do is get a, a plunge because the cold mm. shower is great, but I'd rather wake up and obviously living in Colorado, it's not hard to find cold water, but you want to just be able to go downstairs. My goal is to get a plunge in a sauna. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, listen to probably a little too much Joe Rogan talking about the, the benefits of the heat as well. But I think together it's just, yeah, phenomenal. And to wake up and to do something, I think for a lot of people there, I think the, I mean, I say this a lot, maybe I'm biased, but I think the world in general has gotten very soft. Mm -hmm. And this idea of like, oh, doing these hard things, getting out of your comfort zone. It's like, yeah, you should seek that out more. You need to seek that out more. So it's, it's interesting to hear other people that do that. And I think that's one of the best things about stoicism. I think the way you put it is great. It's like an anchor. Yeah. And I find myself falling back on it. Well, even when, I mean, I interact primarily with Roz these days. In times where in the past I would have overreacted or yelled, or even when it comes to business, realizing nothing's urgent, you know, you, you can only control what you can control. And, and going from there, what are... What are some other things that you've incorporated since we've last spoken that people might be interested in implementing themselves or experimenting with? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, journaling is still something I do most days. Um, you know, one thing that I think that, you know, kind of falls into the stoicism category that people don't do nearly enough is a, on a daily basis, contemplate your own mortality and then B look up in the sky and realize that a, we're all going to die. Right especially in this, this pandemic thing, everyone seems to think that healthcare is going to save everybody and it's failing people. Well, no, we're people drop dead and, you know, I'm not going to politicize your podcast, but you know, it's, it's, this is part of the natural order of things. And anyway, moving on from that one. And then also look up in the sky because I think you start to realize that like, wow, I am so tiny. We're all, we're all the, you know, the stars of our own movie in our head. Right. But when you really start to take a global perspective, like there's almost what, 8 billion people now on the planet, like, like stop stressing about the little things because they're, they're not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. So get on with your life, start doing the things that, you know, you want to accomplish because I'm 43 now, man. I didn't think 43 would come this fast, but here I am, you know, technically past the halfway mark. What, nah, when did that got, happen? You're right? about a third. You're about a third of the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Right. I mean, I plan to live to 125, but the, uh, you know, if you look statistically, that's where I'm at. So how did that happen so fast? Like what, at what point do I decide, Hey, am I actually living the life that I want to live? And am I living something that's true and honest to myself? So I think that's something, those are powerful things and you don't have to like, that doesn't mean like you come to a realization today and you're like, Oh my God, I'm quitting my job. I'm moving to Arvada, Colorado. Um, you know, you, you just start to progressively look at life in a different way. And the little things don't stress you as much, right? The little but arguments. I think by looking up, and that's something I've been doing as well. And, you know, you look up in the sky and, and like that astronaut quote, you realize how insignificant you are. Yeah. I think for so many people potentially listening, it's like, I'll get there one day. Like one day I'll, I'll, I'll do what's right for me. One day I'll move. One day I'll start a business. It's like, there's never 
A, there's never a right day and B, don't wait. And it's, it's hard, I think, because you and I are serial entrepreneurs and maybe, did you ever have a real job? I did for about 10 years. Yeah. Various corporate. What was it? Uh, just, I think I did four different types of sales from real estate finance to um, radio ads. Uh, yeah, just I think the best one was legal publishing. What a what a hoot that was. Um, but so so you're a little different. But I think once it's like you get that bug, and I've mm -hmm. never had a real job, so I think for me it's easy to say, "Hey, now is the time. Go do it. Go." You know, especially with this pandemic. Like this is this is a the the world's kind of reboot. Like, you know, when you shut down your computer and then it runs faster or how, you know, your parents call you, they're like, my, my phone's not working. Like shut it down. That's what we just did. <laughs> now, yeah. now we you know this is our opportunity to run, you know, version 2.0 potentially. And it could be something as small as grabbing that book or starting a journal or, or, or kicking off your day with a, with a cold shower. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. And I, I, I have this, this thing that I run people to because the reason I'm living in Whitefish, Montana, the reason I was nomadic for two and a half years with my wife and, you know, um, all of these things are because I just had a realization through some difficult times in 2016 of, you know, there was a lot of death and loss in 2016 for my wife and I, and that the, when everyone talks about someday, I'll do X, I'll do Y, I'll do Z. What if you started to make it today? And that's, that's the ultimate thing. That's a mind shift, like a, it was a mind shift, mindset shift that happened to me, not necessarily because I wanted to, but just because of circumstance in my life, what I call a cage rattling events. And, and that changed everything. I'm like, well, I'm not going to wait. You know, there's some things you have to wait for. Am I going to make a million dollars today and retire? Probably not. Could be, who knows? Right. Um, but you have to, you have to work for some things in the long run. You have to have a, a a real understanding, like we only get once one go around. So what do you want this to look like? And, and go ahead. I, I, th I think for, for, cause I'm guilty of that too. It's like, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start Monday, mm -hmm. you know, June 1st, et cetera. But you're right. Like what, what gain are you getting from waiting till Monday or waiting till the first of the month or waiting till 2021, whether it's writing a book or starting a new fitness program start today. I like that. Yeah. And I have a framework for this, uh, for making big, hairy decisions is what I call them. There's three questions you ask yourself and, and number one, and this is a stoic thing is, you know, what's the worst possible thing that could happen, right? So you boil it down to the very worst thing that can happen. And so many times for me and my wife that it's been like, well, we live in our van, not that bad, actually kind of desirable, right? So, you know, a, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? B, 10 years from now, will you regret not having tried? Because it just changes the perspective on everything. You put yourself in a future position and realize like, yeah. And it also just gets you relatable to time. Like 10 years can fly by. And then what happens if I waste 10? And the last question is, what if it was easy? What if it was easy? What if we're making up all these things in our head because we think it's going to be way harder than it actually is? And that stops us from getting started. So those questions, if you can ask yourself, you know, hey, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, I regret this. Well, I regret not having tried 10 years from now. And then what if it was easy? I, that's funny you mentioned that because accidentally, that's really what I did. You know, buying, buying a house here was a big decision. We still have a house in Florida. 
And yeah. I was like, all right. And I'm very financially prudent, you know? And I was yeah. like, okay, if we buy this house, what's the absolute, and that's what I said to her. I was like, what's the worst that happens? Our house in Florida floods and this one collapses and we have no money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we move in with our parents. We don't want to, but then we develop a better relationship with our parents. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's rarely, and then you die. You know, it's like, certainly there, there are some scenarios. Yes, that is the worst case scenario, but most likely that's not the outcome of starting a business or a new fitness routine. Yep. You know, you're, you, so I, I like it when, what, what would you say is the most common, you know, what, what's the most common thing you work on with entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's Dr. Sean or, or some of the other entrepreneurs you've mentioned. If someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I don't really need a coach because I do everything pretty well. What are some of the things that they may not realize they either aren't doing or could be doing better? Yeah. Well, I think number one is you always start with mindset, getting people to think about their thinking, right? And understanding, you know, well, you have certain patterns in the way that you look at things and you need those broken or you need an outside perspective. So, you know, someone, um, for example, had multiple programs going on right now. <clears throat> you know, they're selling an online course. They have a six week challenge. They do this, that, that, that. And then all of a sudden you, you know, just from helping me understand the way they think is you say, well, what, what is the, what, if you could change someone's life, what's the program that you would offer and what are all the things you would do and what's the price that you think it's worth? And then simply by doing an exercise like that, you're like, well, that's your business now. Yeah. And you're going to charge someone 20 grand, not 200 a month. Right. And it just changes the way that people look at. It. So I think mindset, thinking about your thinking and understanding the, the patterns that we have is really powerful. The other thing, which I always find hysterical, but seems to be coming up all the time is time management for entrepreneurs. Um, you know, we, we have, we've adopted a system of, you know, we say there's three focus days, two buffer days and two free days every week. Right. Just because everyone seems to work on a seven week cycle, which isn't necessary either. That's just a product of the industrial revolution anyway. But getting back to it is that most entrepreneurs are like, what do you mean free day? It means you don't do anything resembling work. You don't go over that again. It was three. Oh, sorry. So three focus days, which is the days where you're really doing all of your transactional work. You're working with your clients, taking sales calls. It's the meat. Email. Yeah. It's the meat of what your current business business. is. Yeah. The buffer days are where you do more highly strategic work, maybe content creation. Things are more creative, right? Um, and then on, and the best day to do that is the day is the buffer day after. And you think about buffer days, bookend the free, the, the focus days, right? Gotcha. And the, uh, for most people, that'd be a Monday, Friday buffer day. Yep. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, because my wife still works on a corporate schedule, right? So and the best day to be creative and do, you know, high level strategic stuff tends to be Monday. And if you plan your buffer day, because you're coming off a couple free days, hopefully at least one. So that's not the hard part for most entrepreneurs. The hard part is taking the free day. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Now, I, it hasn't been hard for me. I don't resonate with that. It's never been hard for me to just shut off, you know, go somewhere like take, we'll take our adventure van out and we'll no, no phone, no nothing. I'm cool with that. That's really easy for me, but I know a lot of people struggle with it. And it's not just taking a free day from work, but also taking a free day from anything that really feels like work. Right. So a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm going to take my free day. I'm going to catch up on my laundry. I'm going to, you know, mow the lawn. I'm going to do all these things that I freaking hate because it's my free day. No, actually just go out and just let your mind rest. 
have a good time, do the things that rejuvenate and make you feel better. Because when you come back, you're going to have a whole new, and a lot of times during those free days, what happens, I'm sure you get this too, Jason, is you get all these ideas flushing through your head. Like, yeah. Right. I, I think for so many entrepreneurs, they're afraid. I, I think I mentioned it recently on a podcast. I was, I remember talking to my friends when I first opened my gym about how much, how busy I was an email and this and that. And she's a psychologist, like PhD. She's like, Jason, you need to take a day off from that every, every week. And I was like, you don't get it, Jen. You're, you, you are nine to five. Like, you don't get it. I need to be on. Like, it was truly a belief. Like she didn't understand it and she was crazy for even considering it. Somebody that actually helped me with that is uh, John Birch. I know, you know, John. Yeah. You mean John and I had our thing and, we we butted heads in the past, but one thing that I took from that relationship was his ability to be like, I'm cutting off. I'm an entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean it's 24 seven. Yes. Yes. In the hustle and the grind, right. That people really have adopted, um, through like, whatever, you know, Gary V has made that kind of this, uh, prestigious, like, thing that you're shooting for the hustle like hustle 24 7 and and i bought into it for a long time and then you realize wait that's not a that's not a way to live life yeah yeah and you have to wonder like he well i don't know i i can't i don't know gary v obviously i've never met him but you gotta imagine i've heard him talk in interviews about how you know people approach him about mindset do you meditate do you take time to call he's like well no no because I, i'm scared that'll change who i am and i like who i am what does that statement tell you? It's an interesting psychology, right? It gives you an insight. And he's like, no, no, no. I like the way I am. I like being this high. Like, do you, do you yeah, like that? Yeah. And who knows? He Maybe does. he does, you know, and, and, and at the same time, you can't fault him for that. He's been successful, but it's, it's like people that say they don't need a lot of sleep. No, you just are sleep deprived. He's, yeah. You know, sometimes you just don't know any better. You don't know any different. Yeah. yeah. You, know, I, and you don't want to find out. Yeah. Like if, who you're worried about what could go wrong, but really what could go right. Yeah. So looping it back when people do take their first free day, the feedback is always the same. Like that was amazing. I came back and I crushed work on Monday or Tuesday. Like I had this great idea because most of your problems as an entrepreneur can be solved by one of two things, a who or a what, right? So once you start to take a step back and you start to take a, a bigger picture view on things, and as that weekend rolls through, those free days roll through and you have all these ideas coming and going, coming and going, is you don't take time to write them down or note yourself. You just know that the good ones you'll remember on Monday and that's it. So go enjoy a free day. It's your life. I, I think if someone's listening and they're a box owner or, or you know whatever they do and they're afraid of it. You need to do it that first. It's like anything you need to rip the bandaid off because part of it is that FOMO. Yes. And then you realize not only did I not miss, miss anything, anything that came in was not important and I'm still getting back to. Yeah. You know, I was recently driving and like I had this itch to check my phone and Roz was in the car and she was sleeping. And I was like, there's literally nothing that can come on this phone that is worth risking this car right now. Not the car, but who's in it and all that. You know, and it was really eye-opening. I'm like, we check, we check, we check. And it's like, it's just putting other people's needs in front of ours. Yeah. 100%, right. man. Anyway, it's been a great chat. It's always, always. good. I, can, I feel like I could do this forever. I have to hop on another call. 
And I'm sure you have a busy day, <laughs> unless it's one of your free days, which I don't no, think it not. is since we're sitting on here. But let people, please let them know where they can reach out to you, level five mentors and everything else you're doing. Yeah, man. So all the social media handles, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, I'm fairly active in as well. Just Eric Malzone and then level five mentors. So L-E-V-E-L, -E -E the number five mentors.com is a great way to find us. We're redoing our site now. So you'll start to see more and more. Um, oh, I'm starting a new podcast as well. So I'm what's the new one for level five the, mentors? Yeah, it's called the black diamond podcast. And, uh, if anyone knows me, I'm a big skier, but the whole thing is it's, it's going to be very similar. I do the future of fitness, but I'm going to be interviewing more general entrepreneurs and founders from all different industries. So, um, give me a lot of fun. That's going to be releasing in the next two weeks. And, uh, that's where you have amazing. Interview. Yeah. Can I give you one, one idea, please. All right. Hook up that you put your helmet on, put your earbuds in. Mm -hmm. And you record the podcast while you're skiing down a black diamond. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. I know you got a, so one other idea. That's awesome. The only issue is that it's an interview based format. Yeah, no, you're interviewing. They're on the black diamond with you. Oh, okay. So, so as they're, they're coming down, like, yeah, you know, and, and whether they're a good skier or not, that makes the interview good or bad, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the worse they are at skiing, the better the interview will be. That'd be really be a lot of a lot of screaming and you have to ask them the question, like right as they're going over the edge, like yeah. throw them some softballs on the lift, on the gondola. Yeah. On the way yeah. up and then hit them with the hard ones as you go down. <laughs> it's like the hot ones. Exactly. Like the... That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of shows, the hot ones, there's Kevin Hart has one where they do, where they go in a, a cold plunge, but yeah, you got to, uh, you got to, you know, and of course get some video. Yeah. I love it, man. I appreciate it, Jason. It's hey, man. It's always great. Uh, keep up the great work. I love what you're doing with your podcast. Well, it's thanks awesome. you too, and uh, it's always great to catch up. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor: head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.